For God so loved the world, he sent his only son. And Pastor Xavier Reese says it didn't stop there. The entire book of John has been written for the purpose of believing. Nicodemus, you must be born again or you never see the kingdom of God. To the woman of Samaria, I who speak to you am he. To the man that was born blind, who is he, Lord, that I might believe? I who speak to you am he. And one after another, people heard and believed. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. You know, it's been written that love is not love if it nicely calculates the cost. It gives its all, and its only regret is that it has not still to give. Today, Pastor Xavier takes us to the story of Mary anointing Jesus, who took the most precious thing she had and spent it all on Jesus. And it's in this extravagance that our teacher draws out three simple truths of love expressed. Let's listen. John chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. I've entitled the message, Adoration at its Best. And in this passage, we find three kinds of love that are given to us. We find love for Jesus in verses 1 through 3. Second, we find love for self in verses 4 through 8. And thirdly, we find love for sinners, verse 9 through 11. Let me read the passage, and we'll take one at a time. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. And there they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spinkner, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Then one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was the fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. Then Jesus said, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you have with you always, but me you do not have always. Then a great many of the Jews knew that he was there and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests took counsel that they might also put Lazarus to death, because on account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. The first kind of love that we see here is love for Jesus. We find this in verse 1 through 3. The supper without any doubt, was in gratitude of raising Lazarus from the dead in great appreciation. The man Lazarus, who had been brought back to life, sat at the place of honor with Jesus at the table. Quite a gathering, great time of rejoicing. But it was preceded by difficult, tragic, and times that were not understood. Learn that. What will come out of those times of sorrow, tragedy, and 
lack of understanding will be fellowship with Jesus. If you will take the time to sit at his table. So important. Notice supper was interrupted by Mary. And Mary anointed the feet of Jesus. The amount was a pound or 12 ounces. Now, you ladies know that if you're going to go get a perfume that's expensive, 12 ounces is a lot of bucks. That's a lot of perfume and that's a lot of money. The woman Mary was declaring that there was nothing too valuable that could be given to Jesus. That's a very simple, very clear act. Nothing is too valuable to give to Jesus. What an incredible act. Not an act to get attention. Not an act for people to say, oh, isn't she spiritual? An act from the heart. Now notice that Mary affected the atmosphere of the home. The house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. The act was to be the customary duty of the lowest of slaves as the guests arrived. You see, what Mary had just done, the guest uh, should have uh, received this by the slave. The lowest of slave would take every visitor as they came in, they would anoint their head with oil, give them a kiss, and wash their feet because they had sandals, dirt roads. Sometimes you stepped on stuff you weren't supposed to, and the slave had to clean everything. Mary, in effect, was saying that she was a servant of her Lord and Master. By her deed, she was revealing her attitude. And Jesus accepted it completely. So love for Jesus is top on the list here. But then we have love for self in verses 4 through 8. Notice in verse 4, the subtle disciple was Judas. He was one of the 12 disciples. He was the one who would betray Jesus. And Jesus knew it, by the way. He was one who ate, walked, and talked with Jesus. He was present at every miracle that Jesus performed. He is the subtle disciple under the category of love for self. Notice, secondly, in verse 5, the seeming concern appeared honorable. Now, the tone of his voice in verse 5 can only be guessed at. But knowing the context and the atmosphere, it probably was in astonishment as well as indignation in order to appear sensitive and more spiritual than he really was. Give me a chance at it. Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Wow, you hear somebody say something like that. I mean, here it is. I mean, supper's going on. Mary comes in, and all of a sudden, oh, and everybody's just in awe, and, and Jesus is going along with it. And all of a sudden, Judas says, you know, he comes in, he says, why was this fragrant oil? And everybody turns to Judas Iscariot. Whoa, quenches the whole scene. 
You know why? Because Judas Iscariots will not share attention with anybody. They want to be the center of attraction. They want to be the focus of everybody's eye. The presence of many people would cause them to think how spiritual he was. My, who is that man? Who is that woman that said that? The amount declared would cause others to think and consider the ways that he just declared. 300 denarii? A denarii were one day's wages. This is a year's wages. And you can see the wheels turning. People thinking, questioning. The concern for the poor would bring him favor in the eyes of some, even implying that he was more sensitive and more caring than Jesus. Oh, wow, that's a great statement. Boy, I never thought, but Jesus is going along with it. Oh, could it be that he's more sensitive than Jesus? Oh. Be careful of Judas's. They're in the midst of God's people and they always try to quench the work of God through suspicion, criticism, and division. Oh, be also careful of people who would try to rob you from the glory and the work of God through seeming spirituality. Mm. Notice thirdly in verse 6, the simple commentary revealed his dishonesty. Now, John is writing with hindsight. He's writing around 90 AD, so you're talking about 60 years, 50-some years later. John tells us that he did not care for the poor. <laughs> John declares that he did what he did due to the fact that he was a thief. Whoa. And John reveals that Judas was a treasurer and that he not only carried the box, but the play on words in the Greek is that he not only carried the box, but he carried off from the box. <laughs> he pilfered. He ripped off the treasury. Now remember, nobody knew this except for Jesus at this point. How would you feel if you're in some place, you know, I mean, you've trusted people before and then they betray you or whatever it is. You don't feel that good when you see them again, do you? But imagine knowing that they're going to betray you. You wouldn't be looking at them with love, would you? Jesus did. I got a long ways to go. Thank God God doesn't let me know beforehand. I have a bad enough time afterwards. People who love like Judas are not concerned with the poor or any other person except themselves. There's always a hidden agenda. Always. People who love like Judas are sooner or later exposed. The Bible says your sin and mine will find us out. Now, it may take long. Now, the commentary that John gives us here is 55, 60 years after the fact, but we came to know it, right? But nobody gets away with sin. No one. 
Love for self is always masqueraded to appear as love for others when in reality it is hypocritical in its nature. Always. Notice that if you don't have love for Jesus, then you can only have love for self. <laughs> You're kind of stuck there, you know what I mean? But if you have love for Jesus, then you won't fall prey to this. Not that you and I don't have the capacities for that. We do. We have sin nature. But if I'm loving Jesus, that's a protection against being carried away with my love for myself. That's a protection. Now, if I truly have love for Jesus, then the evidence of that will be the third kind of love. Love for sinners. You see? So it's either love for Jesus or love for self. And if you have love for Jesus, you won't have love for self, but you have love for sinners. <laughs> That's just the way it's going to be. Notice verse 9 through 11. It's where we get this, love for sinners. And notice in verse 9, Jesus did not deny those Jews who came. Then a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, and they came, and not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. The number is said to be a great many of the Jews. They were the enemies of Jesus. Remember that. They were the ones who rejoiced at any persecution against him. They were the ones who rejected God's word, his father. Now, you want to have my heart? Just let me see you be nice to my kids. You've got me. You want an enemy? You just deal with my kids in the wrong way. Now, Jesus could have said, I'm not going to have you guys here. You guys rejected my father's word. You guys have been unfaithful to my father. He didn't. He loved them. Man. They were the ones who would crucify him, in effect. But notice one important thing. The Jews came on their own accord. That's important. You see, they weren't forced. They came on their own, and God honors that. Now, we've already read in John and back chapter 5 and 6 that no man can come to the Father except the Spirit draw him. So God is looking out to sinners in the heart, and he's wooing them, trying to convict them. And if they will come, he will honor it. But I must come on my own. I will not be saved through the process of osmosis. <laughs> I have to take a step and say, Jesus, I believe that I'm a sinner. I know that you died for me. I believe you can forgive me. Save me. Forgive me. I have to take that step or I will never be saved. They came on their own. They knew that Jesus was there who raised Lazarus from the dead. And they knew Lazarus was there hoping they might see him. He became quite a spectacle. <laughs> You know, God will use anything to bring people to Jesus. <laughs> I am amazed how some of us got saved. Yeah? I mean, here's a carnal Christian who still hangs out at the bars, but he passes out tracks. Now, that's not scriptural, and that's not honorable to God. 
Yet God will use that track to save somebody else and deal with the carnal Christian later. <laughs> you talk about being flexible. <laughs> God is too much, huh? How about Nineveh? They got saved on a maybe? <laughs> maybe he won't destroy us. You know, let's all repent. They got saved on a maybe. Jesus did not deny those Jews who came. He loved them. Why? They were sinners. Secondly, in verse 10, Jesus knew the intent of the chief priest. It took counsel that they might also put Lazarus to death. Now, they were the Sadducees, who were the aristocrats and materialists of the day. They were very wealthy. Who did not believe in spirits who did not believe in angels, who did not believe in the resurrection. Therefore, Lazarus was an embarrassment to them. <laughs> they're, they're believing and professing something that is being exposed as false by the very presence of his life. Lazarus was raised from the dead. He was not resurrected. Resurrection means you get a glorified body. He was raised from the dead back to the very same stinking body, and then he died. If he was glorified, he would have had a glorified body if he was resurrected. He had to die all over again. And so, as long as Lazarus was around, they didn't have many converts. <laughs> So they took counsel to put Lazarus to death as well as Jesus. You see, Jesus was the cause of their problems, and Lazarus was the effect of their problems. <laughs> That's why the world doesn't like Christians. Because the conviction of the Holy Spirit goes forth, and the Word of God goes forth, and that's the cause, and the effect is a change of your life and mine. <laughs> they don't like that. So what do they want to do? They want to get rid of us. Get rid of the evidence, man. Hmm. Jesus loved the chief priests. Why? They were sinners. He could have stopped them dead in their tracks. He didn't. Thirdly, verse 11. Jesus was using Lazarus to point them to himself. Jesus knew that he was going to use Lazarus to bring many to himself. He knew it. On account of him, many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus. Now, this is a phrase we've, we've read often through John, right? <laughs> On account of the raising of him, they believed. Chapter 11, verse 45 tells us that. The entire book of John has been written for the purpose of believing that Jesus is the Christ and the believing people might believe and have life in his name. John 20, 21. We have seen it as we've come through these 12 chapters. Nicodemus, you must be born again or you never see the kingdom of God. To the woman of Samaria, I who speak to you am he. To the man that was born blind, they kicked him out of the synagogue and the temple and Jesus went to seek him out. He says, do you believe in the Messiah. Who is he, Lord, that I might believe? I who speak to you am he. And one after another, people heard and believed. Hmm. 
love for sinners. Dr. David Livingston, he loved sinners. He went out in the bush. He knew God had called him, and he went. One day he was in this village after many years, and some other missionaries arrived. And in the course of that event, David Livingston began to pack his little bag and his personal things and ready to move on. The chief of that village came and the people says, where are you going? He says, there is no more need for me here. I must go reach others. Others are here now, take the work. They recognized his love for sinners so much that when David Livingston packed up and moved out, the entire village packed up and moved out with him. It's quite a statement, love for sinners. Do you deny some to hear the word of salvation or do you think them beyond salvation? Do you say, you know, if that guy is in heaven, I'm jumping off when I get there. Hmm. Do you pray and reach out to those who attack you and dislike you if the opportunity arises? Are you like Jonah and take off to Tarshish? Well, God's preparing a whale for you. But first, he's going to prepare a storm. And then he's going to prepare a palm tree. Then he's going to prepare a worm. And then he's going to ask you, should I not save him? And you have to answer it. Should I not save her? Hmm. Do you allow God to use you to reach out to others on a daily basis? Or do you have only times when you only witness on the weekend? Only between uh, 7 and 12 on Sunday. And the rest, you know, you're not a Christian. Do you allow God to use what he has done in your life to reveal the power and the grace of Christ to others? Love for sinners is evidence of God's love through us for, G for sinners. It's evidence of my love for Jesus. That's why we do what we do here. That's why I teach you. That's why I pray for you. That's why I exhort you. That's why I rebuke you. <laughs> That's why we give you opportunity to minister, to go out to the streets, to go out in missions, to do everything. That's why we encourage you to get in, get fed, and get out and bring someone else. God help us that we get so comfortable in here. The day we do, I hope the Lord just writes over this church, Ichabod. The glory of the Lord has departed, and he just closes it up. But I'm not going to sit here comfortable. And if you're under my preaching, you'll never be comfortable. But you'll always know that you're loved. Always. And so we have looked at the anointing of Jesus during the supper that took place at Bethany which has revealed three kinds of loves for, to us. Love for Jesus is an expression of gratitude for having raised us from our dead state and made us alive. Love for self is an expression of hypocrisy that always masquerades as love for others. And love for sinners is an expression of God's love through us for sinners. Hmm. 
incredible. I love this gospel. Pastor Xavier Reese enthusiastically drawing to a close our time for today. And we've been listening to a message Pastor Xavier has called Adoration at its Best. And we're pleased to be able to offer you your own copy of today's presentation to aid with your own continuing personal study. You know, in fact, all of what you heard last time and today will be included, plus the material our limited broadcast time didn't allow us to include. And, you know, having your own copy makes it much easier to absorb the teaching at your own pace, enabling you to start and stop it as you like. So please, get in touch soon to request your copy of the study Adoration at its Best. It's available on CD for only $4. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Again, that's Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please include the call letters of this station with your correspondence. That would be a great help to us in our efforts to monitor the effectiveness of this radio ministry. Serving the kingdom of God just won't happen from the sidelines. Next time, Pastor Xavier Reese encourages us to get in the game. Hope you'll join us then. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 